everybody we're slap happy and tired <laughs> welcome back to another episode of that other masonic podcast uh home stretch home fourth episode of the night fourth episode of the day we started at 2 p.m it is now 7 30 p.m yeah, we're, we're gonna we've done back to back to back interviews and uh now we're gonna great do a guest. Great, great guest we had uh what roger van Gogh. we had a past grandmaster then greg sidwell again for the Illinois. And then talk to uh, our beloved brother who is now living in Alabama, working for NASA, playing with aliens, Tim Poe. Roll Tide. Roll, no. <laughs> War Damn Eagle. Oh, uh, get out. So what I think we're going to do, uh, I think we'll keep the first two episodes in order. And then I might break this up since this is a solo shot with just us, and I might release this one before I release the tempo. I don't know. Depending on whatever order you guys are hearing these ends, the order they end up in, but uh, I just didn't know if I wanted to go back-to-back-to-back interviews. But, uh, Todd, I I think tonight we're either going to fill an entire episode with one topic or we're going to have another Masonic mix. But uh, We'll see what happens. I think I'm going to title this one, if it's not a Masonic mix, I'm going to title this one Clandestine. Be- because I have an article pulled up here from MasonicShop.com entitled Clandestine, written in December of 1935, and it's been pulled up over here on the laptop all afternoon. Pulled up. Uh, but then, before we hit record, you were talking about something clandestine, so before I get into the article, <laughs> I want you to go ahead and talk about what you were just telling me about, about clandestine. Well... People, you don't know. I mean, I, I like to do stuff on TikTok. I mean, I don't do the goofy videos, but they have a little subset called Masonic Talk. Where right. All the maids get together and they do all their stuff. Well, uh, the other night I was on, uh, I think it was Lyman Lux. He is a uh, member out of Arizona, uh, a black man, black young man, uh, very well spoken, you know, just a good guy. Yeah, I'm not even sure if he, he's even in the Prince Hall. He might be a Prince Hall Mason. I'm not sure. Well, again, was, shout out to any of the Prince Hall Masons listening. We are going oh, to, you know, anyways. But um, there was guys in the channel saying, hey, you need to go check out this other guy on TikTok. And I forget the guy's name, but he was from the John G. Jones Grand Lodge. John for- Jacob Jingle. <laughs> Sorry. Not that guy. But he uh, he was kind of spouting off all his stuff on Freemason, what their beliefs were, stuff like that over there. Well. He wouldn't let anybody come into his live and have a discussion with him. He's like, everybody wants to get this up, blah, 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 and he just would not let anybody do it. Well, he finally let that Lyman Lux, this guy come in there, and and another guy called... um, Brother Fluff. No, it wasn't Fluff. Fluff wouldn't go live because he didn't didn't like the guy at all. But it was uh, a brother Webmaster. He goes by on TikTok. Webmaster? Webmaster. Wow, that's... uh, Okay. Anyways... Well, both of them had their cameras off, so they were just hearing their voice and everything. This guy, he kind of wouldn't let him answer any questions. He'd ask questions, and he wouldn't let him answer. He'd just talk over them the whole time. Well, then they go, hey, turn on your camera, webmaster. Turn it on, turn it on, turn it on. He goes, why? I don't want to turn it on. I'm in bed right now. Because it, it was kind of about 11, 12 o'clock at night. And he goes, I don't want to turn it on. We go, turn it on. okay, fine. Turns on, turns the light on. Turns out, brother, webmaster is a white mason. He starts like, oh, you're one of those. You're one of those. You're one of those. He's like, I'm one of what? He's like, you know you're one of those. He's like. What is those? See, the guy was being racist as hell to begin with. He was saying how white masonry isn't true Freemasonry, blah, 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 and all that stuff. He's putting a lot of hate out there, I thought. 
And I wasn't even commenting. I was just listening to it. After about 10 minutes of the bull crap, I got off of it because it was just, right. just totally. It was just too much to handle. It was, the guy was just totally off his rocker. And the, and the John D. Jones is a is not a – it's a clandestine Grand Lodge. Someone started up because he got kicked out of, the, out of a Grand Lodge. So he started up his own Grand Lodge. Now, I could be off base on this. But I'm can pretty, I start my own Grand Lodge? You can, but it'll be clandestine. Oh, man, I don't want that. And but that's what clandestine masonry is. It's you know they they're not recognized by any other grand jurisdiction. It all starts off with the Grand Lodge of United Grand Lodge of England. Basically, if they recognize you as a as a lodge, most other Grand Lodges are going to recognize you. That's why I often refer to the motherland. That's why I always say the motherland. I mean, and that's debatable. I mean, you say you know Scotland, Ireland had Grand Lodges for the United Grand Lodge of England, but. They're the first one. Overseas is the motherland for yeah, Freemason. That's that's what I'm okay. I mean, there's a thousand ways to look at it. We're not here to discuss that part, but clandestine masonry, from what I've heard, fair people is pretty rough sometimes. I mean, to get in there is basically a pyramid scheme where you gotta pay thousands and thousand dollars for each degree. And once you get like their degree, instead of you know, you know, doing what most lodges do, it's a lot rougher. It basically beats you up. I don't know how like much integrity I don't know how much integrity we have or the show, but the show is taken off at such a rapid pace. I don't want to jeopardize it, but if we had enough integrity and enough clout where we wouldn't jeopardize something, I'd be willing to risk the farm on getting somebody from a clandestine lodge on here just to pick their brain. Yeah, we're not, we're not supposed to converse with I know, and that's the whole thing. Them. That's the whole thing about yeah. it, though, but I, I want to see what's... Anyway. I want to see what what's their line of thinking. Why are they exactly. doing this? Why 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 do you think? Well, what that one guy was saying was like, well, "What makes you more Mason than me?" It's like, well, we're recognized by every other Grand Lodge out there. Well, let me hit you with this: They're clandestine. Are they doing it because they're still passionate about masonry, or are they doing it out of petty and spite because maybe to, they got kicked out? They're trying to make money out of what they're trying to do. Well, see, that's wrong. We do this podcast. Can yeah. we get optim? Can we get Mountain Eye Sport? Yeah. Absolutely, we can. Would that be fantastic? Absolutely, Absolutely it would. But, but yeah. even if it is, we're not in this for the money. We're not doing it for the money. There's no money involved in no, masonry. But they, the, the people like you'll have the, the master will be a lifetime master of the lodge. You can't go any higher than say senior warden. That's why we left England because of King George. <laughs> exactly. I mean, but I mean, they just do a lot of stuff where you know you can't progress unless you pay so much more money or. You can't progress unless you bring in so many members and stuff like that. I mean, clandestine masonry is it's the opposite of everything we teach. How they they want the guys in there who are the you know I guess up the you know upper one percent. You know they they don't want to take anybody who's just a lowly you know commoner or something like that sometimes. And I mean, I've I've never dealt with clandestine. I've met one. And he told me he was a member of some Grand Lodge in Indiana that I never heard of. It wasn't Prince Hall Masonry. It was a different kind of Grand Lodge. I'm like, oh, okay, well, you know, nice to meet you. And I just walked away from him. So, you didn't buy it? No, hell no. I knew he wasn't, he wasn't from the you know Grand Lodge of Indiana, Prince Hall, nothing like that. Let me let me play devil's advocate Plus for he you. He asked me if, if I protect it, if, will I protect my light? And I'm like, I don't need to. Okay. Yeah, if somebody ever asked me that, I'd walk away. That's, I, just, I just walked the other direction. I've never direction heard that statement it. ever. Yeah. All right, let me let me hit you with this. Let me hit you with this. Say there's a, and we've talked about this before in past episodes. Say you've got a guy who committed had a felony charge against him, 
Mm-hmm. Let's call it let's call it DUI manslaughter. Okay. Did ten years in a pen, whatever, fifteen years, DUI manslaughter. Guy had a bad breakup, got drunk, went out, plowed into a school bus full of kids, killed three people, whatever, three children. Blah 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 blah. Okay. Guy did his time in prison. Turned his life around. Right. Is now a devout Christian. Petitions his regular lodge. They deny him entry. Mm-hmm. Don't matter they turn his life around, but they deny him entry because of the fact, hey, you've got this DUI manslaughter, three children on a school bus died because of you. Guy's heartbroken. I've turned my life around. I want to be involved in masonry. Here's about this other lodge going on on the side. Just wants to be involved in masonry to begin with. Mm-hmm. Joins the lodge, later finds out it's clandestine, but he still stays a member. Is that guy in the wrong? Well, that's a good one. He's a good, he's a good, he's a good, honest man, but here he is in this clandestine lodge. Well, it depends on jurisdictions whether or not you have a felony and still be a mason. Indiana, you, you have a felony and still be a mason. You just, you know, it's up to individual lodge whether or not you could, they'll allow you to be a member. Right, right. and this is all just, just, just talk. Like I there's, mean, there's not nobody out there actually petitioning any lodge that I know no. of. We're not borrowing from anything. It's just, we're playing devil's advocate here. I mean, it depends. Is that something he likes? Does he want to be in that type? Well, of he wants to be a mason, but the uh, the lodge won't take him. So he he does this, then he finds out it's clandestine. He doesn't know what it means. Somebody tells him, but then he still stays. Is he a bad person because he stays? No, I don't think you're a bad person, but you're just clandestine. You can't discuss Freemasonry with me. That's true. Yeah. It's up to every individual to find a lodge and what path he wants to follow. If he wants to follow the clandestine path, that's fine. We're just not going to talk about it. We can still talk, be friends, cordial with each other, but we're not going to talk Freemasonry. Well, let, let me read through some of this here. See if I can zoom a little bit. That's a little small. So this article... <laughs> he, he makes a That's What She Said joke on a Masonic podcast. Real mature, buddy. Clandestine. From MasonicShop.com does not give me an Arthur, but says the date, estimated date, was December of 1935. Uh, we'll read a little bit of this, take a break, read a little bit of this, take a break. I told Todd, I'm going to try to make this entire episode clandestine. We'll see if I can do it. <laughs> Every Master Mason knows that he must not visit a clandestine lodge or talk Masonically with a clandestinely made Mason, but not all Master Masons can define what clandestine is. The Standard Dictionary gives surreptitious underhand as synonyms for the word, and while these express Masonic meaning to some extent, they are not clarifying. Uh, the Anderson Constitutes declares Section 8 that where a number of Freemasons shall take upon themselves to form a lodge without a Grand Master's warrant, the regular lodges are not to countenance with them nor own them as fair brethren in a duly formed lodge. In other words, a lodge formed without a warrant from the Grand Master, or we, as we say now, Grand Lodge, is clandestine. And so a clandestine mason is one made in a lodge without warrant. Okay. So they don't have a warrant from a Grand Lodge to make a Grand Lodge. That's true. Of course, they say, you know, who, who gave the Grand Lodge of England their warrant? Well, the, the King of England did, actually. I mean... You go back through all the history and everything, it is actually pretty fascinating. I'm not going to go through it now because I'll probably screw it up. Well, check check this out. 
Even this definition will not wholly serve many old lodges who began and worked for a while without a warrant, yet were never clandestine. Mm-hmm. The lodge at Fredericksburg, in which George Washington was initiated, had no warrant or charter until after the first president was made a Mason. Okay. Were they still working under the Grand Lodge of England back then? I doesn't say, but that's an interesting... Yeah, I mean, it, it's also foggy back when they first started up the Grand Lodges and everything. I mean, you got to remember at one point, the Grand Lodge of England was two separate Grand Lodges. That's why it's the United Grand Lodge of England. The United Grand Lodge. So you had the ancients and the moderns. And actually, the moderns are more ancient than the, than the ancients. It's all ass backwards. But, you know, a lot, a lot of times, these lodges would work waiting on their warrant to get there from across the sea. Because, you know, back then, it was only boats and sailboats. So, it took a little while. Several terms used to indicate those with whom Masons may not have officially have conversed. Uh... A Cowan is a man with unlawful Masonic knowledge. An intruder is one with neither knowledge nor secrets who makes himself otherwise obnoxious. A clandestine is one who has been initiated by an unlawful means, and a regular one is one who's been initiated by a lodge working without authorization. That's a whole lot to unpack right there. Yeah, it is. But, I mean, this breaks down where, okay, if you're not recognized by the Grand Lodge in that state, the main Grand Lodge, you know, because in Indiana, we got two main Grand Lodges. You got the Prince Hall Grand Lodge, and you got the Grand Lodge of Indiana, the white right. mainstream, if you want to call it that. Ooh, the, the white mainstream, he just said. Yeah, and they, they can say it any way you want. I don't know how else to say it. I mean, you got Prince Hall, and you got the regular Grand Lodge. I cannot and, wait till we get something with and, Prince Hall. And they recognize each other. They recognize each other. I think Bob Hancock was the grandmaster had it taken care of. I forget what year that was, 92, I think. I could be wrong. But I think out of the, out of the 50 Grand Lodges in the United States, 48, 47, 48 recognized Prince Hall. Or most of them didn't for a long time. Like Prince Hall was, was considered clandestine. And see, that's not fair to them. It's well, I mean, it, it was just a time of it, the timing of it, and it was just the, the culture of the world back then. Now, yeah, now no one sees race anymore. If you do, you're a racist bastard. But I mean, back then it was. You know, I normally edit. I normally edit the things you said, but you said racist bastard, and it's in good context. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to leave it in. Just like we had a past grandmaster today on the show say the word bitch. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was in good context, so I'm going to go ahead and leave that yeah, in, too. Yeah, in there, yeah. Uh, an irregular mason is sometimes, unfortunately, confused with a clandestine mason. Because some men are irregularly made masons. Uh, anyways, George Washington was initiated before he was 21 years of age. According to modern ideas of Freemasonry, this was an irregular making. But there was never any hint of clandestinism attached to the lodge at Fredericksburg. The state of North Dakota permits the reception of a petition of a man underage, although he must be aid or although he must be of age when he is initiated. That their law differs from other laws that doesn't make what a North Dakota minor is. Boy, the, whoever wrote this and pieced this article together. No, their grammar and spell. Oh, that's a pet peeve of mine. Capitalization, (laughs) punctuation, grammar, and spelling. Uh, That's a big thing with me. 
Uh, In a jurisdiction in which all the membership must be notified of any degree to be conferred and upon whom, the master may forget to list one candidate in his monthly circular. If the unpublished candidate regularly elected is initiated, it could cause him to be a regular making, and the grandmaster may well order him healed by being reinstituted. See, this was written in 1935. Their English yeah. was pretty bad then. Yeah, that's how it is. <laughs> but anyway, I just, you know, I don't know. I wanted to talk a little bit about that. Uh, we spent 15 minutes I mean, on have, so have far. You, have you ever made I not that I'm Not that's publicly come out to me and been like, hey, I'm part of this lodge. And oh, really? What is it? Well, that doesn't sound right. Yeah. You're phony. You're fa- I've never. I'm part of the American Grand Rights of. You know, because it has more than like fourteen words, and it's probably not the Grand Lodge for you. <laughs> you just totally made me think of like uh, the United Grand Lodge of America under the key or something like that. Yeah, like if that. if the master has to wear a fez, it's usually a clandestine mason. <laughs> if he has to wear a fez, some of you I'm, wear fezes. Yeah, but I wear I don't wear it with an apron. Oh, you wear fezes in the grotto and the shrine, stuff like that. But a lot of times you'll see the uh, master have like a, a blue fez on with a white tassel, and he'll have a square cover with a key underneath it. Well, that's a clandestine Grand Lodge. I forget the exact name of it. Why the key? I have no idea. I've, I really don't. I've not. Once I see it, it's like okay, that's not even legit. So I'm not even gonna worry about it. But it just clandestine masons I mean they're not doing anything. I'm gonna say wrong per se, but some of them. It's a pyramid scheme. The higher you want, the more degrees you want, the more you got to pay, and stuff like that. But it's just a way for somebody to make money. I mean, one Grand Lodge in the not Grand, but one lodge in I think it's in Georgia. I mean, they basically had strip club nights at the lodge. It had stripper poles and strippers and hookers and at the lodge. At the lodge, they got busted for racketeering and like prostitution. But what lodge was this? They're down in Georgia, I think. Wow. Now, back in my 20s, it was like a hell of a good time. But now that I'm in Freemasonry, I don't belong in Freemasonry. Either now or in the immediate past, some clestine Freemasonry has afflicted the states of Arizona, California, Colorado, Missouri, Nebraska, New Jersey, New York, North Carolina, Ohio, Oregon, Pennsylvania, South Dakota, Texas, U-Haul, U-Haul, Utah, and West Virginia, as well as Washington, D.C. Well, I think you could say it's probably affected all states. Yeah, I'm sure the clandestines operate in every state at some point. Is there any Hoosier clandestine lodges out there? Do not contact us. We do not wish to speak with you. I'm sure there's something out there here or there. I don't know. But I don't do you think them. clandestine masons listen to Masonic podcasts? I'm sure they do. <laughs> I'm sure they probably think they're regular. I mean, for all I know. But also, uh, one night I was on live, on Brother Fluff's TikTok Live, and a guy comes in there, hey, uh, greeting from the United Grand Lodge of Texas. And they're like, United Grand Lodge of Texas? There is no United. There's Grand Lodge of Texas. There's Prince Hall Grand Lodge of Texas. And the guy comes up and goes, what? He goes, we think you're clandestine. He goes, where's your, where's your Grand Lodge located at? And he named some town in Texas I never heard of. He's like, yeah, there's no Grand Lodge that we know of that there. He goes, Oh wow! So he found out he was a he was a clandestine mason on TikTok, basically. Boy, wouldn't that be an eye opening <laughs> yeah. experience? But United Grand Lodge of Texas, there is no United Grand Lodge of Texas. There's just the Grand Lodge of Texas and Prince Hall Grand Lodge of Texas. I operate the United Lodge of Dubois County. 
Then you would be clandestine, my friend. The three, <laughs> all three lodges in Dubois County. You know, some of them are just one lodge that calls over a grand lodge. You know, that's just how it is. I mean, they don't, they don't go out. I mean, even that guy on TikTok said he went across the country with a grand, was his grandmaster, and they stopped at several lodges in every state. And someone commented, what, what lodges were they? And he, wouldn't, he couldn't say. So what towns were they in? Oh, I don't remember. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know. Call, you know, called your bluff, buddy. Yeah, I mean, the guy was basically just spouting off all the stuff. And he was, you know, he was basically reverse racism. You know, any white person was an evil devil and stuff like that. And and it, it, was, just, it was outrageous what he was talking about. After I lasted about 10 minutes into it, I'm like, yeah, this is a bunch of crap. It's not worth my time. It's not worth listening to any guy spew this crap off. And I mean, I hate to do that, but that's how it is. <laughs> Clandestine. Yeah. Let me see what else I got on this clandestine thing here. If there's anything else of note. Uh, I don't really see anything else noteworthy. If you go to the uh, uh, Phoenix Freemasonry, I think that's the name of it, they have a list of all the clandestine green lodges f- for the most part. Uh, let me see if I can type it in. Well, if I didn't fat finger everything, I'd be all right. Okay. Uh, clandestine Masonic bodies from Dover Lodge. Uh, the Abba Grand Council of the Ancient... Arabic Order of Nobles and Mystic Shrine. I mean, you see a lot of these. Uh, I have heard that some of these clandestine shrines out there will be gathering money for the shrine, and everybody see the see the shriner fast. Like, okay, I'm giving money to the to the shriners' hospitals. No, it's going right to those guys' pockets, and that's why it kind of pisses off a lot of people. Like, you guys are making money off off our charity. And we're not getting anything out of it. It's not fair. I mean, you're basically stealing people. I mean, uh, you got the Benevolent Grand Lodge, AF and AM, uh, Alpha and Omega Grand Lodge Grand Chapter. Alpha and Omega. Central Grand Lodge System of Masonry. Uh, Keller Supreme Lodge and Grand Lodge of Ohio of, of Portsmouth, Portsmouth Myth, but I can't speak tonight, Ohio. Electa Grand Chapter, OES. Elizabeth Grand Lodge, OES. Emily Grand Chapter, OES. These are all clandestine lodges. Grand Lodge of International Masons. I think that's the one with the key I was talking about. Uh, Grand Orient of the United States. I mean, Grand, the United States does not have a Supreme Grand Lodge. Well, every, By God, if they did, it'd be right here in the Hoosier State. <laughs> I doubt it. would probably be in Washington, D.C., but... They they tried that back in the day. They tried to get one together, but no none of the grand lodges could agree on, you know, what ritual to even use. Right. You know, so they, you know, they said, you know, we don't need to do this. We don't need to have a supreme grand lodge. Every state is, you know, a grand lodge unto itself, and that's fine. Where even in England, they think it's weird that we have so many different grand lodges, where England has one grand lodge. And they have district grand lodges, too, but, you know, the big dog is one there in London. Yeah, uh, what's the number? The Grand Orient of the United States, uh, uh, 
Imperial Grand Council of Ancient Arabic Order of Bishop Shrine. King George Grand Lodge. I've heard that before. Uh, Morningstar Grand Lodge. Uh, most wonderful. Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't, don't just roll past that like we ain't going to hit on that, son. What, Morningstar Grand Chapter? As in Lucifer Morningstar? Yeah, but really you think about Lucifer is the Greek name for Venus. He's a light bringer. Everybody thinks Lucifer is a is a new. It's devil. a fantastic show, by the way. I haven't watched it very much. I've saw, seen the first season. I never did watch any more. But Lucifer, when they say something about Lucifer, it's about the morning star, but it's basically a dying name for Venus because it rises before the sun does. So it comes up in the morning. <laughs> Sorry, you said that's what she said earlier, and I guess I'm stuck on on being well, immature. You're like Ten minutes behind right now. <laughs> Comes up in the morning. <laughs> you're an idiot. Why? Why do? Why do people listen to us? I have no idea. <laughs> me, I understand you. I don't know. <laughs> you couldn't do this show without me, just like I couldn't do it without you're you. Right. You got the Sovereign Grand Lodge AF and AM of the United States. Doesn't exist. Where are you finding all these at? What are you? Are, are you in the Google machine? Yeah, they typed in clan, uh, list of clandestine, clandestine masons, masonic bodies. Uh, they some of these got websites to them. Let's check some of these out. Chat me up. Hey, 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 hey. Uh, Titus Grand Lodge AFNM. They got a website. Let's check it out. Nope, can't be reached. Sorry. Uh, United Supreme Council of Grand Lodge AFNM. Oh, popped up. Oh, this looks legit. Um, no, you should share a picture of that on our TikTok page or our <laughs> Facebook page. What's what's it look like? Take a share a screenshot oh, of it. Oh yeah, that's legitimate as hell, yeah, right there. Yeah, it can be, isn't it? Grand Lodge and Chapters. Let's take a look. See where they're located. Colorado, Al- Alabama. Oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Tempo. Grandmaster, 32nd degree, St. John's Grand Lodge, uh, 1001 in Alabama. You know what? I bet them guys are so good and such good honest masons. They're 34th degree master masons. I ain't seen one of them yet. That would be the ultimate kicker right there. I'm a 34th degree master mason. Illinois has one. The seal of the state of Illinois. Sorry, Greg Sidwell. Uh, brother Michael William, register, registered agent. Should we hit the more info button? Yes. Let's see what more info has got. Are we going to get blackballed for talking to clandestine masons? Well, we're not talking to them. We're, just, well, we're wanting more information about why you're clandestine. It don't go anywhere. So fake. Maryland, Mississippi. I'm surprised they don't have one in here. It's because Hoosiers are smarter than the average bear. Yeah, I guess so. South Especially Carolina, us in the southern part of the state. Tennessee Grand Session is November. Ooh, what? We're going? To, nope. Oh, we're going to Tennessee? Oh, no, I ain't doing that. They want me to put my number in. I ain't doing that crap. Oh, yeah, don't do that. That's how they get you. There's internet-based organizations that are not... Are I thought not, you were going to say an internet-based lodge. How do you have an internet lodge? They're trying to... That would have been popular during COVID. Okay, the, this is. Then we just went to yellow pages. I mean, it was all this stuff is just ridiculous. Uh, Le Detroit Humane Grand Lodge. Okay. The what? Le Detroit, Detroit, 
That's French. I know. Most worshipful National Grand Lodge F and Ancient York Masons Prince Hall Origins National Compact. Let's see what they got to talk about. Oh, yeah, because this seems legitimate as hell. Oh, yeah, you got to put that many syllables into it. Mm, no. Someone needs to buy that website because it's off now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, most worshipful Enoch Grand Lodge, including Scottish Rite. Enoch Nucky Thompson, Boardwalk Empire. Steve Buscemi. Yeah, it's a Facebook page. Oh, yeah, that's what. Yeah, that nothing says official. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Hadassah Grand Chapter. Oh, yes. Let's see what this guy says. Oh, here we go. Uh, Grand Esther, Grand Queen Sheba, Grand Chapter. It looks, don't look real to me at all. Um, here we go. The most worshipful National Grand Lodge of Free Accepted York Masons. Yeah, you can buy that website too because it's already off. It just all these people that come and they want to start their own lodges and everything. That's fine. You start your own lodge, but you just better be recognized by the Grand Lodge of your state. But, I mean, all these guys they they. What are, okay, so what are they doing besides in in well, in what you're saying? And, and it's probably true. What are they doing from robbing money from people? Probably just stealing money from people, not give it to the charity, not take care of each other, and. Do you think out there there's any single clandestine lodge that's honestly trying to do good? Because I don't believe that. I I believe they believe they think you're doing good. They believe they don't realize their master's pocketing eighty percent of the money that they're turning in. If not a hundred percent, I mean, if they meet at a strip mall, then who knows? You know, we got a lodge meeting tonight, boys. We're at the Excalibur (laughs) Nightclub. It's Dollar Night. Be hell night. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the clandestine major, I mean, you can you can look into it, you can try to stop them, but I mean, it's like stopping it's like having an LLC. Anyone can start up an LLC and pay the fee every year. Hey, you watch your mouth. I could start up an LLC for the podcast. You could. <laughs> We've had a lot of fun today. Uh, I'm tired. I am too. I'm <laughs> slappy. <laughs> I hate to keep talking about something. We all just delete this one all together. No, no. But I tell you what, we'll segue and make it a Masonic mix. Clandestine bad. Boo! I'd like to read an article for you called, uh, this one's a very brief article. This is from the Montana Mason in May of 1936. What was John Dutton doing in 1936? I've never watched an episode. I'm going to. Everybody's revoking my man card. Because I love because I love Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner follows me on Twitter. What a guy. I don't know how that happened, but that happened in like 2014. I'm sure it's one of his people. Would. Probably, but still. <laughs> He's also, for those of you that don't know, fun fact, Kevin Costner is not a bad country music singer. You don't believe me? Hop in your YouTube. Oh, the Western... Uh... What's the name of his band? The Western something. Yeah. One of my favorite movies, most underrated of all time, Kevin Costner as serial killer Mr. Brooks. A young Dane Cook is in this. Which one was that? As well as Demi Moore. He's serial killer. Yeah, but he's the one that kidnapped that kid. Kidnapped the kid. No, he's just a retired serial killer. And and then he, he... he give William hurts in this too. He gives in to his primal urges. He 
commits a murder and then some young creepy neighborly guy was stalking because he there was this couple that liked to uh do the hibbity dibbity with their windows and blinds open and dane cook was a pervert that liked to watch so he was always watching and he happened to catch uh kevin costner committing the murder and act so he frames him uh to take him on a kill with him because he wants to be a serial killer and it just turns into a good it's a good show all right but anyways, from the Montana Mason in 1936, it's called the proper way, the proper way to wear a Masonic ring. Oh crap! As I look at you, I, my ring is somewhere in the move. I uh, see <laughs> so you have your ring on. The following article from the Temple Topics of Illinois is now being quoted with approval from other Masonic papers. Originally taken from the Montana Mason in May of 1936. This is worth which way the toilet paper roll go, too. <laughs> what is the proper way to wear a Masonic ring? Should the points of the compass be toward the body or away from the body? If you were hanging the American flag, would you put the stars down? The same holds true for the ring. Usually, it is a gift and has sentimental value for the wearers. It should look right side up to him. Rings are therefore worn with the points of the compass towards the wearer message on this one the subject is one on which grand lodges throughout the, the country have made no regulation and popular opinion is divided we must therefore reason from analogy when the emblem of the square encompasses is displayed on a building pennant button watch charm whatever requires the points of the compass to be downward when displayed on the altar they point away from the master as the master from his station views the compass on the altar of his lodge, the points are from, not towards him. As the wearer of the compass watch charm views it, the points are down and away from his eyes. In similar way, as he views the emblem on his ring, the points should be down or away from his eyes. Okay. The square is the symbol of earthly, the compass of heavenly perfection. As a combined emblem, the ends of the square point up as a symbol of man's aspirations toward God. The points of the compass are down to represent the heavenly qualities coming down from God to earth. Therefore, it would seem that the proper way to wear a ring would be that it is which its symbolism is best expressed, namely, that in which when the hand is held in its usual position, the points of the compass are towards the earth and away from the wearer's eyes. In closing... Thus, it will seem that our conclusion does not agree with the writer in this article. He truly says that in hanging an American flag, we would not put the stars down. But in hanging a compass or a square and compass, he surely would put the points of the compass down. The same rule holds when worn as a ring or a button or a watch charm. Namely, they would be worn the same way with the points down. So when worn, they all serve the same purpose and by no means... The least of these purposes is to announce to the world that the wearer is a proud Master Mason. All right. I got a point. I got something on this one. Okay. If you ever get on Facebook and someone asks this, it is a gambit of which way you should wear it. Now, the only... It, not to me. It, it, to me, it's plain as day. The points go out, not well, towards your body, away from your body. Some people see it the other way. I don't. And I don't. I, I wear my the points facing out because... I know I'm a Mason. If you look at my ring, you know I have one too. It's a pretty ring, by the way. Yeah, it's Amazon. Mine's gold, but 
It's Amazon, 13 bucks. Yeah, there you go. But, I, trust me, you ever get on Facebook and someone asks which way you put the way you ring, you'll get a million different opinions on this stuff like that. I'm going to test this theory. Now, this, this is probably the best article I've had to say stuff about that. But here's what one master told me. And he didn't tell me he told the whole lodge one night. We said when he became master, he usually wore his lodge. He wore his lodge ring with the points down, faces away from him. See, when he was master, he turned around and pointed and had point towards him to remind him. Every time he looked down his hand, he reminded him of his obligation and the duty he has to his lodge and to his brothers. He said, and when I'm out of being master, I will turn it back around and wear it with the points away from me. Now that's interesting. That was a cool way of putting it. Technically, there is no wrong way to wear the ring. The, the letter, it could be any, as long as you got a square and compass and a G on it, it could be in any way you want it to be. I have a ring with my G's on the outside of my square and compass. It's one of the old styles of doing it. Uh, it's one my grandmother gave me, when my, I think it was my great-grandfather's ring. I wear mine with points out because I think I want people to be able to recognize that right away, that it is a Masonic ring. If they, if they go, well, what's that ring you're wearing? They they know right away what ring it is, you know. But what that article says is, you know, well, you wouldn't hang the flag upside down, which no, not unless you're in serious danger, which we hang upside down to tell everybody you're in danger. But it kind of makes a good point. You wouldn't hang the square cup upside down. No, it just looks weird. Yeah, it looks weird, but you hang it that way. It's the right way. Now, whether it's the right way for you or any other guy walking there, that's fine. Wear your ring any which way you want to. I do not care. Make sense? Yeah, I just, it's, but, you know, it's just baffles me that this is even a topic. Oh, I, trust me, it baffled me that toilet paper on going over top of everyone. Okay, no, 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 time out, time out. Was, was there the is thing. absolutely no wrong way exactly. to hold, to, to, <laughs> to, it doesn't matter however you do it, over or under, it, it rolls the same. Exactly. Like, people, people fight about this. still have arguments over which way it goes. I mean, I know one guy, uh, he said when he gets the house, if it's not facing the right way, he'll face it the right way because it bothers him that much. Everybody has a pet peeve about something. And where the points are faced out or facing in does not matter, but some people, like, and I see guys where their rings, where the points are in, and I want to say something, but like, you know what, it's not my ring. Who am I to say tell this guy how to wear his ring? Now, when I was first raised, there was a guy who said, hey, you're wearing a ring backwards. I go, huh? He goes, yeah, the points are supposed to be towards you. And he gave me this big, long, philosophical thing about it and everything. I was like, I said, well, that's great. He said, but I know a Mason, and now you do too. Because you know what that sign is right away. It's not upside down. It's not backwards. That's just the way I see it. Understand, son? I got it, son. <laughs> Me and Todd are starting to fade. Fade. So I figure we'll just end tonight with uh, a little bit of something from MasterMason.com. This is good. This, there's several of these. We'll call these. Well, we will call these uh, rumored true stories and events of Masonic importance. Nice. Or maybe not important importance, but just uh, they're Masonic related. Right. This one is titled "A Full Masonic Name." Hiram Abiff Boaz was born December 18th, 1866 in Murray, Kentucky. 
He moved to Texas at an early age. In 1891, he was ordained as a... You keep shaking your head. You've heard this. I heard before, yeah. A Methodist minister. In 1922, he was elected bishop of the church. He became a member of Granger Lodge 677 of Texas. When he received his third degree, a large attended because of the unusual name of the new member. He served as Grand Chaplain of Texas in 1953. His brother had many interesting experiences, or excuse me, this brother had many interesting experiences connected with his name. He never tired of telling of all the time he was traveling in the Holy Land and arrived at a mosque in Hebron on the wrong day for visitors. When he told them his name was Boaz, it seemed as if he had given a magical password of some sort. Others were not admitted that day, but they opened the gates for him. I never heard that part of the story, but that's pretty neat. Yeah, I've heard that name back when I was reading. Like, Murray, Kentucky. Yeah, I've ever that kind of name, and it's going to be in Kentucky. Well, I mean, Hiram was actually a pretty popular name back in the day. Like I believe, wasn't Hank Williams senior? Hiram Hank Hiram? Williams, yeah. the greatest of all time. Yeah. So Hiram wasn't a unusual name back then. Now Hiram Abiff Boaz is a little bit strange, but maybe his dad was a Mason and he's a Hiram Abiff. Eighteen sixty six, and then in nineteen fifty three, he served as Grand Chaplain. So, wait a minute. Yeah, eighteen sixty six, he was born. In nineteen fifty three, he served as Grand so Chaplain. Ninety something years old. So hang on, I'm doing the math here. So fifty six would have been ninety. So fifty six would have been ninety. So three off of that, he would have been eighty seven. Eighty seven years old. Okay, I can still see that. Be that Texas heat. <laughs> the shortest lived Mason, General Thomas A. Smith of the Civil War, was raised in Washington Lodge Number One of Delaware on March sixth, eighteen sixty four. He was killed by a sniper's bullet on April 9th and was buried by his lodge on April seventeenth of eighteen sixty four. So he's a Mason like thirty three days. Something like that. I'm sure there probably been some shorter. I'm sure than that too. What about uh, General Tom Thumb? Oh, yeah. So, okay. You want to talk about that? <laughs> i seen you share a picture. I just this dude looks small. Oh, he's tiny. He's like barely 30. He weighed 30 pounds. Yeah, he was like two feet tall. That's what I got. I always thought it was quite cool because my son has dwarfism. He's going to be a little guy <laughs> and everything. And I think, you know, if he ever wants to join Lodge, that's great. If not, but, but you know, you gotta tell him, hey, General Tom Thumb. I just think about. Tom Thumb was a. Was it Mason? I just think about David running. Just seeing that day I was volunteering at the school, seeing him running. Hi, David Whaley. Hi. And them arms just go. Wyoming governors and the Freemasonry. Between 1890, when Wyoming became a state, and 1951, Every governor of the state of Wyoming was a Freemason except one. The single exception was Governor Miss William A. Ross, who was the wife of a Mason and was a member of the Eastern Star. Wow. I never knew that. In Fulda, Germany, a dispute arose about the name to be given to a new high school. The first name was suggested was Professor Carl Ferdinand Braun, inventor of the TV picture tube and the Nobel Prize winner. 
a protest arose on the ground that he was a Freemason. Finally, the school was named after Baron von Stein, who is known as the father of local self-government. He was a devoted Freemason. It was later discovered the initial choice, Professor Braun, was not a Mason. <laughs> yeah, people, you, that's how you tell people fear what they don't know. These are cool because you never know if some of these are factual or not. That's true. But it, 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 it's a good read. Uh, what's this one? Oh. Uh, Masonic Charity helped the father of Joseph Fort Newton. I don't know who that is. In his lifetime, Joseph Fort Newton was the silver-tongued orator of the craft. Huh. With his talks... With his talks and books, he did much for the craft. He told the story that his father became a mason in a military lodge. No, no, yeah. He'd been taken prisoner and was transported to Rock Island, Illinois, where he became desperately ill. That's right outside Davenport, Iowa. That's where I was at back in August. Mm-hmm. An officer of the camp, desiring to help him as a brother mason, took him to his home and nursed him back to health. When the war ended, the mason loaned him enough money to get back home. If Newton's father had died on Rock Island, the world would have been poorer for not having a wise and eloquent minister of the gospel, and the craft would have been poorer in its inspiration and literature. Hmm, that's cool. Huh. Interesting. Ooh. Here we go. I'm going to butcher this. Probably. The Chevlar Charles Dion of France was born on October 5th 1728 and was given the name Charles Genevieve Louise Augusta Andre Timothy Dion de Beaumont. How you monogram that on? (laughs) (laughs) He was born of a noble family. Although his sex was being questioned, he became Freemason in 1766 in the Lodge of Immortality, number 376, which met at the Crown and Anchor in the Strand, London. He served as junior warden in 1769 and 1770. He had many talents. He was an export fencer and an able diplomat who successfully negotiated the Treaty of 1763, ending the Seven-Year War. Are they just making a movie about him right now? This is where it gets good. Okay. He had a very feminine appearance and occasionally masqueraded as a woman. His enemies in France accused him of being a woman masquerading as a man. Masons wondered whether a woman who had been initiated into the craft. The controversy about his sex caused considerable gambling and speculation got out of hand. Finally, an insurance company filed a lawsuit to have the matter adjudicated. Witness testified that he was a woman. About this time, he accepted an, an offer from Louis XVI to accept a pension, return to France, and resume the clothing and garb of a woman. From this time on, he wore a woman's clothes with rare exceptions. When he died on May 21, 1810, a competent physician performed an autopsy and clearly proved that Dion was a man. Wow. What? Well, I, I thought this was just—I thought this was just in the most purest sense ever. I thought this was just so apropos to because of what's going on in today. 
We don't get yeah. political on this show, and that's no, no, not a no. that's not a jab at anybody. Todd and I don't care who you are in your personal life. I just think it's apropos considering what's going on in the world these days. But. Yeah, I I got no comment on this one. <laughs> these are cool. This he got paid by the king, basically like a woman. Well, who wouldn't do that? I don't even have to name this one the Masonic Mix now. This is fun facts and clandestine masons. <laughs> <I guess>. <laughs> Thomas. <laughs> The Tom, the Tom, whoa, 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 what's this? The Thompson Masonic Fraud. Talk slowly. <laughs> Matthew McBain Thompson was born in Scotland. In, eight, in 1881, he settled in Mount Pelier, Idaho. He returned to Scotland, in eight, but in 1898, he came back to the States, to Idaho, with a patent from the Scottish Grand College of Rights. He used this document to create the American Masonic Federation, later changed to the International Masonic Federation. He promoted the sale of all sorts of Masonic degrees by mail and worked through paid solicitors. Reduced rates were given when groups were large and many joined at the same time. He and two others were eventually prosecuted for using the mails to defraud, and in 1922 they were sent to federal prison. Yeah, that happened a lot back in the day. People selling degrees. I mean, that's basically how the Scottish Rock came about. They got they had all these degrees out there, and they finally got them all organized. And that's why the Scottish Rock's uh, thing is order. Uh, the motto is "Order out of chaos." It's in Latin, of course. I don't know the Latin part of it. But, I can't speak Latin. Nah, pay Latin a little bit, but not much. I'm pooped. I'm tired, man. Let's 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 put a bow on this. Blow the popcorn stand. <laughs> Got uh, got anything else you want to say? Not really, man. I am worded out. I won't talk for two days after this. This was been one of the best recording days ever. Well, yeah, we, mean, we've got an episode coming out this week. Of course, by the time they have our, by the time they hear this, that episode will done be over a month yeah. old. But we yeah. got an episode coming out this week. Yep, and we have four in the can now. Is it four? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, Roger. So uh, it'll it actually. This one we all deleted. No, no, I'm going to keep this one. <laughs> Actually, though, uh, Todd and I will not record again until the end of May or beginning of June. However, yeah. I will begrudgingly, the day or two before Todd <laughs> goes to Grand Lodge, because I'll be out with right surgery, I'm going to give Todd my equipment. Todd will record, and I'll get the equipment back. I'll mix it down. I'll throw the episode out as a, a in between times. What if he does great? Like every past grandmother came and talked to us that day, or something. and they'd be like, "Oh, hey, how you doing, brother Jared? I'm actually brother John McEwen. Yeah, <laughs> Where, where's brother Jared? Uh, his daughter had surgery. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, it will be a good day. Anyway, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll throw that one out. But no, John, I think John's looking forward to it too. So, ten- tentatively speaking, aside from the Grand Lodge episode. We got enough material where we ain't got to get back in the recording booth again. The recording booth. We ain't got to get back up here till the end of next month, beginning of yeah. June, and then uh, the end of June we'll be recording at the uh, uh, Indiana. Uh, yeah, Oklahoma Masonic Indiana Degree Team. See, Todd and I enjoy talking, and we enjoy doing this and getting out of the house. But at the same time, this saves us because. Uh, Mama can't let Todd leave all the time, so we just decided, uh, you know, back around Christmas, that why don't we get together and record four or five episodes at a time, mm-hmm. and it saves us time to get it's together. Time, yeah. <laughs> so uh, this has been an awesome day, oh, and yes. uh, Todd and I are ready to go home now. 
So this is why you're getting the shortest episode in Steel Toes and Score... Or, nope, nope, damn it. The shortest episode... How long was it? 51 minutes. Well, that's not bad. No, but I think it's the shortest one we've ever done. Probably right. That, that's good. we got to make up for that over two hours with Van Gordon, which I don't. I wouldn't uh, have cared if that episode would have went four hours. Yeah, I could I would not have cared. I mean, he is so passionate, so knowledgeable that... I could talk to him for like another four or five hours and not been bored of it. He's gonna get he's gonna get us in touch with uh, Prince Hall, yeah, and bridegroom and bridegroom and several other. Uh, he has a list of people he's gonna send us and everything. We gotta send him our uh, email. Yeah, actually. just send him your personal email. Oh well, yeah. Um, shoot, I never even use our official page email because nobody ever emails us. So, <laughs> but all right, if you put it out there, they probably would, but. <laughs> So for Brother Todd and for Brother Jared, this has been a awesome Sunday marathon recording weekend. A lot of great content coming out over the course of the next month or so, which as you guys hear this, I should, as I should say, you guys have just had an awesome month of content, I guess I should say. (laughs) And uh, by the time this one makes air, Todd and I will already be in the booth recording new episodes, new episodes, new interviews, uh, new topics, new topics. Get with us about stuff you want to hear about. Yeah, if you want to hear about, let us know. If you if you if there's a brother out there you want to hear a story, if you want to come on and tell your story, we don't care if you're Southern Indiana local and you sit up here in the building with us. We got a third mic and headphones. We don't care if you live in California. We'll remote you in via your telephone. Absolutely. So, all right, guys, thanks for your support, and uh, we will see you guys next time on another episode of that other Masonic podcast. Peace. Peace.